The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. haven't heard that since the back end of last season around the town we go and around the podcast we go it's a full toss podcast jim law with lee dixon and at last we've had some cricket so on this edition of the full toss we'll just look back at the weekend gone we took on hide in two friendlies the first and second 11 on the saturday the third and fourth 11 el clasico met on sunday twice and the first also had a t20 with lindo plus of course we'll tell you what's going on around borton hall and a little look at how that new fixture list is shaking up that is the full toss podcast jim law and lee dixon the full toss <laughs> so lee right great hey we got cricket back and what a weekend we had at chester yeah, it really was. Uh, the ground, fantastic. Weather, even better. And the supporters came back in their droves. It was a fantastic sight to see so many people get down to the Philkins Lane ground this weekend. All, you know, all trying their best to socially distance. But, you know, seeing the bar busy, the table service, seeing the players back out there playing, it was just fabulous. And the sun shone, people had smiles on their faces. Everybody was kind of trying to work out you know, what was the best way to go about things? It, it almost felt, um, at least you know, after the first couple of overs, like we've never been away. Yeah, look, the the, the little nuances from the even from the warm up um, to the first couple of overs, going to sanitation breaks, it, it's all new. You know, the ball going straight back from the keeper to the bowler. Uh, I know some of the spinners. I heard Robin Fisher going, "Isn't that great? That's the way it should be." But I think <laughs> I, I think for some of the young seamers, where they're they weren't used to it having the ball rolled to them. They weren't that impressed, but it was it, it was fantastic. And and the thing is, yeah, the game has got a few quirks to it at the moment, but you'd take that every day of the week to be back on the field. Absolutely. I mean, it did look quite amusing as, as uh, the first um, sanitary, sanitisation break came up after six <laughs> overs and you all sort of shuffled off to uh, to the corner and sort of you know, rubbed your hands and did whatever you needed to do. Yeah, well, we've got the, in theory, these one metre blocks where you keep your own um, hand gel, your drinks, because you can't you can't do team drinks now. Um, and, and what I realised quite quickly was, is that this was kind of like having a mini changing room or a mini like fridge in my sense. So I had some sweets there, a few drinks. It was fantastic. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, but I, I do think it, it does... Uh, affect the rhythm of the game especially in the middle overs Jim because the uh when the spinners are on you can get through and over in you know a couple of minutes so every 15 minutes is a bit overkill yeah it did, did feel like that and I think the other thing that slowed it down was when you'd see uh, I remember Harry Caloran kind of taking his jumper off taking his cap off the ball is over running to the uh, to the boundary to put it down and come back because you can't give anything to the umpire yeah it is frustrating and I think that the you know in time, that'll be one of the things that'll certainly um, iron itself out as we hopefully go further and further um, back down the road to, to normal cricket. But 
like you know it is just a small price to pay and and if it means that you know daft little thing like the keeper knocking the bales off even though they've got gloves on they're not allowed to put the bales back on yes the umpire the umpires are not allowed to straighten the stumps they you do. know little things like that it's, it's crazy they, they're they in charge of the bales you've got to adjust the stumps for them they did a good job the ump so didn't they they were uh, i mean they were in, in it as much as we were that they, they did a fantastic job uh on on saturday and sunday you know we were lucky we had some very experienced officials um it's their pre-season too ultimately as well but they really did try and almost coach the players yes. um, into doing the right things. But also as well, they, they kind of lent on some of the senior players to make sure that maybe they were adhering to the to the rules and making sure they were picking up on little things as well. So it was really good. It was a learning experience, exactly what pre-season should be all about really. But obviously with a bit of an added twist with it being in July. And look, I have to ask you this because I didn't see you arrive, but I'm assuming you turned up in your whites or, or on Sunday in your uh, in your orange. Um, but did you, as as Nick Anderson from Didsbury put out on a tweet, did you join the hordes of players getting their meal deals at the garage before the game because we couldn't serve teas, of course. <laughs> well, definitely, you know that's that's the one thing I would say is is and this this could have a, a long term effect, you know, because in Australia nine times out of ten you do bring your own tea, yep. so you end up getting almost what you want. And it's very, it's like Australian players and it's very English sit down and have like a a meal in the middle of a sporting you know sport sporting fixture. Uh, I certainly did go to the shop. I, I bought far too much stuff. I brought every piece of clothing that I think had the badge on, um, and it was red hot. So really, a pair of shorts and a t-shirt would have would have sufficed. We were we were very very lucky because obviously our changing rooms are. Are, are large uh, with the pavilion still being relatively new um, that we were able to get the distancing tape down and and be able to use that area which certainly helped which meant we could come in training gear and get changed into our weights and stuff but uh, certainly when we go to other grounds we're going to have to be very aware that you know to turn up in our weights and the, the socializing seemed to work okay afterwards yeah, look, it, you know, it was fantastic. Adam, obviously, um, in control of the, the bar area there, you know, we were able to kind of organise for the teams to have some drinks and, and some food on there. You know, we booked some tables of six outside and the teams managed to kind of mingle from a distance, uh, which was which was fantastic. It's You know, to, for two sides so far in geography, there's been a real, you know, a real firm rivalry there, certainly over the last 10 years. And uh, it was, for a pre-season friendly, as good a game as you'll see. It didn't feel like a friendly gym. No, no, it wouldn't do. Well, look, we'll come on to that in just a second. We'll just break for a moment and uh, let's have a look at what's happening at Bolton Hall. What's on at Chester Bolton Hall? So busy as ever here at Chester Borton Hall. Cricket action throughout the week. Tuesday night sees a T20 friendly with Alvin Lee. Wednesday night, the over 40s are in action, a friendly against Harden. A T20 friendly again on Thursday night with Chester County officers and visitors. The juniors are here on Friday. Back to friendly action on Saturday as New Brighton arrive. Uh, we think there will be third and fourth team action on Saturday as well. And on Sunday, there's some cricket too. Juniors 
are certainly around and we're looking for a friendly which I think is being confirmed as we speak so all in all busy with Lancashire still here that means the bar will be open during the week from 7 o'clock onwards food is available from Wednesday night don't forget of course as well that all the Premier League football will be shown and the test match too which starts later in the week at Old Trafford it's cricket Jim but not as we know it Jim Law and Lee Dixon the full toss so then Lee getting back to uh, Saturday and Sunday past uh, some cracking games going on just talk us through that uh, that Saturday yeah it was uh, fantastic to be able to play our friends from Hyde obviously back end of last season they got the the wool over us in the in the Cheshire Cup final um, it's one of those games that I don't think that there'd ever be a, a mundane friendly between the sides um, we put a, a, a trophy on the line as well Hyde wanted to um, mark the passing of Danny Woods so there was a Danny Woods memorial trophy uh, and a moment of silence was um, observed before the start um, uh, and obviously a presentation at the end but the game itself was was really quite fascinating the the, the wicket was uh, certainly on the dry side um, I know Keggy uh, has been working extremely hard obviously providing wickets for England and Lancashire players during the, the, the lockdown uh, in recent weeks and months um, so it was a used wicket um, and it, it, it wasn't free-flowing on the, the runs front, you know, but it certainly made for a very good game. It did, uh, it did indeed. It was a cracking game, I think. Um, it looked as if Hyde were, were struggling to start off with uh, and then there was a sort of a bit in the middle when they took off uh, and then, of course, towards the end, they, um, they racked up 200, which made it um, a pretty decent total on that pitch. Yeah, it certainly did. You know, Cole Turner and uh, Danny Cramner came in, in towards the end and, and certainly added some very useful quick runs towards the end of the innings. Um, what I would say is the, the, the one part of it maybe which definitely fell into the the more pre-season side of things was we used, I think it was seven bowlers, yeah. um, with Jack Williams probably being one of the last ones to bowl now. On a pitch like that, on a normal league game, I think Jacko would have uh, set up his deck chair at one end and would have been on inside three or four overs. So that would have been uh, interesting. He bowled fantastically well over the weekend. But what one thing that did come out of it was a, a great opportunity for us to kind of see what um, what we've been trying to build over, I'd say, a five or six-year period, Jim, where some of these young lads now who uh, have been pushing well in the second team with no overseas player over this year and a couple of players moving on, there's there's a few there's a few opportunities there. Mm. And it was great to see. I, I thought Alex Townsend and George McCormack bowled, you know, really well up the top. Wiggy, you know, getting his opportunity with the new ball, uh, didn't let himself down at all and, and caused some real problems. I think seeing Noah Vickery come on and bowl with some really good control, you know, fantastic young Matty Jones, he's moved across from Land Dudno. He showed that he could be more than a handy option, but you know, what I would say is I thought the, the most unlucky person of the whole day was actually Harry Caloran when he was bowling because I thought he was absolutely first class um, with very little luck, uh, getting his carom ball out there, his arm ball. Uh, he looks like he's, you know, as, almost back to 2015. And going for just six runs off, off his five overs. Yeah, and and the, the, I felt for Harry a little bit because obviously again with it with it being a friendly that you know the ball gets thrown around a little bit more. He wouldn't have been coming off that day. He bowled absolutely brilliantly, and 
And it, it's good as well because obviously he's been away in Australia. He's come back and it's great to see a player come back and obviously work on his game and and reap the rewards, really. Sure, sure. And a, and a decent innings in there as well from uh, from Elliot Young. Yeah, uh, Elliot's been a, a very a very stylish player. He's always hit the ball very hard from a young age. And I think he seems to have found his home at Hyde. He, he moved around a little bit as a young a younger lad in his teens. And then uh, the last few years, he just seems to be getting uh, better and better. Started very patiently, you know, very much in pre-season innings. And then all of a sudden starts hitting the ball very cleanly, as we know he can. So that, that certainly helped them get to a, a very handy total on that wicket. Um, and, you know, it, it gave us a, a really good score to chase as well. I was going to ask you about that. So did you think that was par? I mean, it, it, it was more than they looked to get it like they were going to get it one time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was one of them. I think if you could have, after seeing the wicket for five or six overs, I think it was probably an ideal score for us to have to chase because it was, you know, a, a number of people would have had to have bat well and did for us to chase that down. Uh, also gave a number of people the opportunity to, to have a bat. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't just free-flowing. People had to work at the game. You know, the one thing I would say is is that, you know, obviously class is permanent and seeing Rick Moore go out there straight away, almost carry on where he left off with the bat, uh, hitting beautifully down the ground mm. was uh, really good. And that's good for some of the younger players as well, Jim. It's important that they see that those senior lads, you know, not that they're a class above, but they've been, they've been a you know a class above for a long time, and that you want them to aspire to what they're doing. And he's quite elegant, isn't he? When he gets going, I probably wouldn't say that to his face. Yeah. But uh, that that straight drive down the ground is uh, is lovely to watch. Yeah, he, he certainly got that out a couple of times at the the weekend, and uh, certainly over the weekend as well. It was great to see he had the whole family. He wasn't even playing on Sunday, but the whole family was down on Sunday. It looked like everyone was having such a great time. And so the dog. That's what it's all about. Yeah, well, it did look like Battersea where you know, they had about five or six dogs down there. We may get some kennels, make a few, few quid. So you were chasing 203. Uh, you were going, you went in four, and uh, it was great watching the, the duel between you and uh, Jimmy Duffy. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the thing was, it wasn't so much through the... Um, unbelievable bowling of Jimmy or the unbelievable batting of me. I think it was a combination of uh, Jimmy landing it roughly straight and me being petrified of getting out to Duffers, uh, obviously because it's uh, not the person you want to get out to really because James won't mind me saying he certainly is not a frontline bowler, uh, which went okay for a little while and then one kind of stayed a bit low and basically I would have, uh, it would have hit all three stumps. So I had to Potter off listening to Duffer's uh, giggling away as uh, he decided to call a sanitation break. So he followed me off as well. So that was nice. But look, uh, it, 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 like I said, it was it was nice to get out there and hit a few balls. I was lucky I was dropped first ball by Adam Worrell, but good mate of mine from the Cheshire days. So I uh, appreciated that, Wogger. Um, but uh, luckily, you know, Later, later in the inning, some of the guys came in and uh, supported Rick, and then took us over the line themselves. Uh, and let's hope that uh, Adam kind of you know gets rid of the Audley Edge helmet at some stage as well. I might. Uh... Yeah. Well, he, yeah, the, the big blue plaster didn't really do the job, but he did take a fantastic catch yes, of Harry Galore. And I think just... Harry actually, you know, ha- Harry didn't see the uh, amusing side to me getting the look there because he was he was a bit perturbed when he came off, saying, "Oh God, you know, he caught me but didn't catch you." I said, "Well." That's experience for you. I could, I, I could, I could cope with that. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna turn, turn my nose up at that opportunity. But 
Um, the one thing I would say is is that uh, he's going to be a fantastic addition. Adam Worrell to their side, you know, great energy, yeah. very useful down the order. He batted for a long time without scoring loads of runs, but he put on a really good partnership with Elliot Young, and then yes. um, he's he's going to he's going to add something, uh, an extra dimension to to hide as a side. I think. And you've got Jason Whittaker, of course, our old friend who uh, didn't let anyone down again, did he? Bowling, uh, what, 10 overs straight off and uh, and going for, I think it's about 20 runs in total. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. It's going to be interesting to see this year whether Hyde do do that, whether they just, you know, they bring Weish back at the end or whatnot. You know, him and Jake Hill and other guys moved across from all the edge. They open the bowling and well, like they bowl with some really decent control. Um you know, Weish is always going to cause problems. He, he puts the ball in, in good areas. The wicket was a little bit up and down. And, he, he you know, he really tested the batters. It's a good test for us. That's what pre-season's all about, though. You want to play against as, as many good players as you can. And then hopefully when the league starts, it doesn't feel like a, a big jump. No, no. Um, and 104 for five. So 100 still needed. Um, and Chester's sort of staying in a bit of, bit of trouble. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think at that point, you know, it, it, it had the feeling that it was either Rick had to get us there or it wasn't going to happen. But actually, uh, to be to be fair to um, the team and, and to Jack Williams in particular, after Rick did get out, I thought Jacko looked absolutely superb. It's the kind of thing he does, though, you know, when the, um, the kind of backs against the wall, it always used to be him and Ross. But obviously, Ross is long gone now down in Australia. But um, Jacko just batted beautifully within himself and showed really why he should be batting a little bit higher. Um, But he's been a fantastic team man for a long time and certainly gives us that depth. And some of the shots he played all around the ground uh, were just superb. Um, And, you know, finishing off with uh, Alex Townsend as well, you know, who who got 14 not out. Alex had a really good day. I was really pleased for him because I think, you know, he's waited patiently for that opportunity. Um, and, you know, that's what we want. We want these guys to come out of the second team who have been full of confidence after winning the league last year. Uh, he finished the season brilliantly well for the twos, as we spoke about on previous podcasts. And it was it was ready for Wiggy to step up and he's had a fantastic weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, of course, you had the presentation afterwards, which was, uh, you know, really well observed. And, uh, and I might say so, before the game, you spoke very well. And uh, Jimmy spoke very well for uh, for Hyde at the end, too. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it's easy to talk about Dan. I've spoke about him many times and I'll speak about him many more. Um, but, yeah, uh, Chris Fleet obviously um, thanked Hyde. And on all their spectators, what I would say, Jim, is it'd be remiss of me not to mention the fact that Yes. It was like Werner Thalow had moved to Chester for the day. <laughs> um, just like us, they, you know, they've craved the cricket. Their ground isn't quite ready to get going yet. And they brought a first and a second team across and all the speckies as well. And it, it was absolutely fantastic. And then, obviously, uh, Jimmy spoke at the end, a big teammate of Woodsy from uh, Leeds, Cheshire and Hyde. So, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a fitting tribute and a, and a fantastic day. Yes, it was, Lee. And, of course, after the game, you caught up with the skipper, Rick Moore, and uh, with Jack Williams. We've literally just come off the pitch here after the first game of pre-season. I'm stood here with uh, Captain Rick Moore and uh, batting hero all-rounder, Vice-Captain Jack Williams as well. Uh, lads, fantastic day. Yeah, mate, really good to, uh, really good to get back out there. Uh, dust a few cobwebs off for a lot of people. But, uh, no, nice to have the sun out and lovely to get back playing cricket. And for you, Jacko? 
yeah, after such a long break, the, the fact that we can actually get out here in the sunshine with so many people watching, very well socially distanced, being observed in the bar areas, it's yeah, really good to get back out, give some guys, uh, some guys into the first team who are kind of new to it and they're, they're really going to stump their, stump their uh, thing down to try and get on, get a place in the team. Just mentioning one of them, uh, just come back to you, Rick. You know, 14 out at the end there for Wiggy, few wickets, fantastic day for him coming up from the twos. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. He's uh, shown a lot of potential over the last couple of years, probably been very patient. A few other clubs he might have might have got his go a lot earlier, but uh, yeah, he's been patient, earned, done his time and uh, earned his go in the ones and yeah, today was fantastic, really good with both bat and ball. Yeah, obviously playing our friends Hyde, uh, you know, playing for the Danny Woods Memorial Trophy today. Um, fantastic game. Um, Wicket was a little bit testing out there, quite dry. Um, sure, Woodsy would have enjoyed to bowl on it. Uh, Jacko brought on a little bit late, maybe have a word with the captain, maybe have an earlier bowl. Oh, when we've got the plethora of spinners that we've got to, to use, then oh, you're happy to, to come on a bit later. So I managed to get a decent few overs under my belt. A bit rusty to start with, but yeah, and we'll kick on to the season with a bowling group, which is what it's all about. And just touching on uh, the COVID safety today, obviously um, we've done our absolute best. Thought the umpires were really good at trying to teach us and marshal us through that. Uh, just very quickly, how, how did you find that? It's different, but uh, but yeah, look, obviously it's it's one of those things that that you know you'd rather, much rather be doing it and playing than not doing it and not playing. So uh, so yeah, it's a little bit different. It'll take a little bit of getting used to, but uh, but I think it all went all went pretty well. Well, I'm pretty sure uh, a few people will be after your signatures for sanitizer sponsorships. Uh, obviously, top scoring there, Rick. Jack, 58 now out at the end. Fantastic. Uh, we roll on to Lindo tomorrow in the next preseason game. Cheers, fellas. Thank you. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. Um, and on the second pitch, then uh, Lee, Dan Riley led the, uh, the second uh, 11 troops into battle. He did, um, and and you know, as I've just touched on there, the fact that it was against Hyde as well made it really good. There was a lot of people watching both games, and you know, you were able to look across and see what was going on. Uh, Dan had a, a really uh, strong team out. No surprise there. You know, the, the selection in the week was going to be tough for him because there's a lot of people again, like we were bringing people up from the second team. There's people from the third team who were ready to step up and be involved. Um, also, it was really nice to see. I saw Andy Metcalf. Um, He's been working really hard on his bowling. Uh, he came and I think he either opened the bowling or bowled first change, but that's a real progression that for Andy, who's, who always ha- has had potential, but has always been a bit wary to bowling games. So that was good looking across, but it, it looked like a, a, a decent enough game. I know that uh, the second team batted on past the score with it being a pre-season game, um, but it gave both teams the opportunity to... Um, either in Hyde's case bowl a little bit more or in our t- in our team to bat a little bit more you know Griffey 45 Luke Ramsey 37 the kind of thing you you kind of expect you know seasoned second team players you know obviously looking to get off to a really good start and obviously earlier in the day it was actually the Fisher family yeah. uh, with uh, three for Will and two for Robin so if Jill fancies a game maybe we could go with a three-pronged <laughs> attack next week for Dan <laughs> couple for Jack McGovern in there as well, I think, and Dan, Dan yeah. himself, yeah. Well, well I was going to say, Jack, Jack McGovern's uh, an interesting one. If we were doing the Fantasy League this year, I'd be put, putting him out there as kind of my wild card choice. I think for someone who's got uh, such a uh, great physique and, and the age he's at, he bowls some really good balls. Um, it's just that consistency. So hopefully Jack will get more opportunities up the sides. Um, 
but certainly one to watch out for. And you were talking about uh, the youngsters coming through and a couple got their chance in the first team this time round. Well, there's Matty Brain there, of course. Yeah, Matt, Matty was obviously the other half of the opening bowling uh, pairing with, with Alex Townsend last year. Uh, you know, Bray, Bray, I think I hope, we're hoping that Brainer is going to get the opportunity to maybe play in one or two of the up-and-coming friendlies that the first team have got in the next week or so. I think it, he, he's well worth his, his, his opportunity and his chance. Uh, but he's developing all the time. Extremely fit lad, say on Strava. He's constantly out there running and, you know, He's come back fit and strong, ready to go. So then, Lee, uh, Super Saturday became Super Sunday. Well, it was less less super the Sunday because I think a few of us enjoyed the uh, the hospitality that was on offer in the bar <laughs> on the Saturday night. That was fantastic to see so many people stay and enjoy the, the table service that was put on by Adam and his staff. And it was great to get back on the mic again uh, to do Dick of the Day, which was which was great, so we could enjoy people's successes on the day uh, and, and, and welcome a few new members as well, Matty Jones and, and his dad as well. That was great to see them up there. On to Sunday, you know, yeah, a few saw heads around, but there was uh, the thirds versus fourths uh, to start with on the back pitch, and then uh, the firsts weren't meant to be taken on Lindo on the front. Interesting story there, wasn't it? It is, and I, I didn't think I'd be gazumped. I didn't think I'd be gazumped in telling uh, uh, we couldn't play because something was stuck on the pitch story. But it turns out we were this weekend. Well, in the in the seventies, they'd call that roller mania. But um, uh, <laughs> look that one up, kids. But um, yeah, a little little bit of a blockage in the system there with the um, with the gearbox and the, and the roller. So as you said, it shuffled around. But it's great to see. You sometimes play on that, that back pitch with a slightly bouncier wicket, perhaps uh, a big crowd there, and of course it all sorted itself out. So we could we could get going again uh, in in the end anyway. Yeah, well, it certainly is a bit bouncier because uh, not personally I, I batted like a drain, but I also got hit flush in the forehead as well, which was which was great. So that's exactly what I needed just to shift the hangover. Uh, but <laughs> it it is fantastic to play on the back pitch. It's something that. Uh, I think sometimes the the first team has enjoy to do because you you know you feel like the the crowd's far more in the game. Like you said, the wicket has a little bit more pace, a little bit more bounce in it. Um, and yeah, it's just nice for a change as well. You know, it was a much changed side. You know, a couple of people unavailable, a few people rested, other people brought in just to give opportunities as well, which is fantastic. And I thought Jack Williams, who took charge of the side, did a really good job. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. Um, and and to be truthful, we struggled a little bit with the bat, didn't we? Got up to about 120. Yeah, well, 139. I, 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 yeah, I, I think um, that again, you know, the the, the wickets were, aren't really true Chester, Chester wickets. We are in. We've got to remember we are in pre-season and we are in July. So you know, Keggy's having to prepare a lot of wickets in the week to provide these netting facilities for these players at Lancashire. So at the moment, we're having to use some of them, which are probably a little tighter than they would normally be. Um, normally, the back pitch pass score 180, 190 short boundaries, but the wicket wasn't coming on. A number of players struggled to maybe find the timing. Uh, a couple of players found it just fine, but you know, certainly in the first half, 139, I'd probably say we were 20 under par, really. You'd want to be at 160. Uh, Al Money got us off to a nice start. He started to play with a little bit of uh, freedom and fluidity. Uh, but actually, I thought seeing uh, Noah Vickery and Matty Jones, you know, are we looking into the future there, seeing that partnership in 
the last five or six overs, I thought they batted with a great deal of maturity. Um, Realised maybe it wasn't a massive shot wicket, and they rotated the straight round and and you know got us up to a a, a competitive score at, at one at one three nine. Yeah, uh, and then of course Linda came on, and you know it was great to see them come over. I I don't think we've ever played Lindo before. Uh, and I know the third or fourth team did last year, possibly for the first time, but uh, we've certainly not played them at uh, first team level. Yeah, uh, we we played Lindo in the third eleven. I think it was the quarterfinal of the cup last year, and the lads enjoyed it. And um, I thought, that, do you know what? I, I spoke to their captain Alex Matthews, who obviously we know he used to play at uh, Nantwich and uh, Grappenall. Um, you know, they, they they seem to have a really half decent side there, and I think that. It's probably disappointing for them that there's no promotion because I think they would have gave a really good account of themselves in the um, in the second division this year. Um, and a friend of the the club, Stuart Law, his son was was playing for them. He's moved into the area in Nutsford as well. So they've got a number of very very handy players there, uh, and they seem to be at a good age as well. You know, they seem to be very together. So it was actually a really good friendly and a really good game. And I'd probably say with six overs to go, they were probably favourites. And uh, you had the likes of, uh, well, uh, Alex Sandan again um, coming in. You had George bowling well. Uh, Reg Wyatt got some uh, got some wickets behind him as well. Yeah, I, you know, out, out of all them, I would like to talk about Reg because Reg is uh, stuck working at Waitrose for two more Saturdays. So I felt really sorry for him because he... He had to give his notice so he could play cricket, but they wouldn't let him play on Saturday. So he, he was it was all in on Sunday for him. The the full Wyatt stand was sold out, yes. standing room only. Yes. Um and the one thing you know about Reg is you're gonna get hundred percent. And what he doesn't have in necessarily being an out and out quick bowler, he's genuine medium pace. It reminds me a little bit of Ravi Papara, just how he mixes it up, changes his pace, a bit more guile. Um and he bowled extremely well to the short boundary, bowled, you know, to his plans, just one or two, you know, balls, which were loose balls, which were punished. But for someone who's making that step up, ultimately, he started the, the season in the third team last year. So, you know, that, you know, the margin for error is so much smaller in first team. I thought he acquitted himself brilliantly and fielded, fielded well as well. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of hard work to do. And uh, that uh, that fellow Robin Broom suddenly, uh, suddenly got to... The rhythm going, didn't he? And uh, they came pretty close in the end. Yeah, they did. They did come pretty close, and he hit the ball beautifully, cleanly as well. I think for you know it was an inexperienced bowling attack, and I think from from our side of things, there was a, a lot of uh, things to learn and things we spoke about during and after the game. You know, being able to adapt to uh, the fact there was a short boundary on one side, trying to get the bowlers to bowl to the long boundary. So whether that be a foot outside off stump at one end and tighter at the other. Um, and and not just bowling the same ball as well. T20 is about variation. It's about you know being able to use the skills you practiced in the nets. And I think it was certainly an eye opener for some of those young lads, uh, and some, something where they can go away and work hard on the nets, not just at the bowling, but how they think about going into planning the the next opportunity in T20 cricket. And Jack would have certainly enjoyed his bowling spell, wouldn't he? Um, I, I actually. Felt a bit sorry, not because I don't think the Lindo players could play him. I think I don't think many people could have played him on that. It was, you know, difficulty level was 11 out of 10. Uh, a used bouncy wicket. One ball was going straight on the next, but one ball spun from outside leg stump, went past and was caught at slip without the batter touching it. Yeah, It was really heavy going, but 
you know, what I would say to Jack is whatever the surface is, he's proved to be a quality performer. And I think it, it, what, you know, I touched on it before, the fact that he got the opportunity to, to captain the side and he'll definitely get more opportunities to do that this year. I think it's really good and it's a natural progression for someone who's clearly, you know, very highly thought of in our leadership group. Yes. Tremendous. Another great game of cricket then. And uh, meantime, as you said, the uh, the thirds and fourths, or El Clasico, were playing each other. Uh, one on one pitch, one on the other. And uh, I don't know how many players they had across the two, um, the two games, but uh, it was certainly more than 22. Yeah, there was well over 30 players took part. And what one thing that uh, jumped off the page for me, not, not only when I saw it in selection, but then when you saw it in person, was the fact that it was just such a blend of, you know, hardened third team players, players who are maybe on the way down from the second team, but also, you know, a real good group of young players there. One person who really stood out for me um, was actually Freddie Ogilvy. Um, only because it's great to see young wicket keepers not, f- not, you know, not being afraid to stand up to the stumps. Uh, he didn't look like a stopper. He looked every bit of wicket keeper. Um, I know obviously he may have a, uh, a dad that it may be in the genes that the wicket keeping's there, but you know he's a, he's a much nicer lad, Freddie, than his dad. So you know, let's. I've got every faith that he's going to do it in a much more uh, polite and unassuming way. Absolutely. Well, we caught up with Ian Thistlewood. Should we just have a, a listen to what he said? Because of course, Ian Thistlewood's fourth team triumphs over Tommy Evans' third team in both games. So, delighted to say that we have uh, the fourth team captain, Ian Thistlewood, with us. Ian, I guess the, the first question I should ask you is, how have the last few months been? Well, Jim, if we um, leave aside the fact that we're in a global health emergency, it's actually been pretty good. I feel very fortunate to have um, taken some quite positive things out of the lockdown experience. I've, I've got to spend a lot more time with my boys and with Helen. Um, I travel a lot with work typically, so being at home with an enforced um, uh, <laughs> enforced at home has been um, has been really quite enjoyable. The weather's been great. Um, just spending that level of time with the family has been brilliant. I've been very busy professionally because I work for for Global Schools Group, so I'm I'm responsible for 50 odd schools across Europe. So um, naturally, that has been an extremely interesting and very busy period for, for us getting those schools back back into session and, and the kids back where they should be in the classrooms. Um, so actually, it's been good for us. Um, and I haven't really thought about cricket at all during that period, if I'm totally honest with you, Jeff. And uh, n- nothing wrong with that, but I did notice seeing you on the field that uh, unlike some of us, you haven't put those extra pounds on. <laughs> Jim, that is very nice of you to say, uh, albeit completely untrue. Um, I feel like I'm on Fox News at the moment. That that really isn't true. I, my um my lockdown uh, exercise re- regime has been fairly non-existent. I've been in my office from seven thirty every morning, working late every night. So it, um I, I really haven't followed the um the disciplines that you might see on some of the Instagram feeds of the uh, of the uh, of the lean and trim of this world. But I'm I, I'm eager that my um, my my kind of one sport is back because it means that I can. At least try and offset some of the um, some of the boozing in the evening with some running around in the day. And and you and the family had a, a big smile on your face. It was a sunny Sunday at uh, at Chester. The fourth team looked uh, well equipped, fired up, and everything. How was it for you? It was brilliant. I I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it, it was like we'd never been away for a start. Um, it it couldn't have been better weather for a return to cricket. 
I feel very lucky that we've had this one weekend where we could have an El Clasico uh, intra-club friendly uh, because it was just lovely to see everybody. And we, uh, we've we got a great squad. We've got 30 odd people who are available on the Sunday. So we had two T20 games. Uh, we got to, uh, everyone's got to have at least one game, if not two in some cases. Uh, all of the youngsters uh, had a bash. So we had to uh, had a look at that. They all shot up over the winter periods and they've clearly been netting. Um, and all the families were down and money was going behind the bar, which is, of course, very important. Adam is not only a teammate, but a good friend as well. So for him and Sophie to take over the club and then to be, be shut down alongside with the cellar in the corner house was, um, um, was not great for them. So I'm really delighted and I'm happy to play my part in putting some money behind the bar as well. Uh, I did feel sorry for Adam, actually. At one stage, he was uh, carrying a pizza across to somebody, looking longingly at what was going on on that uh on that that pitch out there uh but yeah, yeah it's great yeah i mean he's um he he seemed um to have that slight rabbit in the head look headlights look yesterday <laughs> he um, um clearly very busy um but but he seemed reasonably calm and it's um it's, it's a tough old thing i mean none of us have done this before so that uh, i'm fairly certain they will find the right method of, of balancing safety with um with service and with um, with making sure everyone's happy very, very soon. And certainly, if this weekend is anything to go by, it's um, it's um, it's it's a pretty uh, important thing to achieve uh, that we're Absolutely. all back at the club enjoying ourselves. Absolutely, and uh, you know, you've got a chance to get underway. You've got fixtures coming thick and fast. They start next week. Uh, they've turned those around for, uh, pretty quickly. The games themselves, then, Ian, um, one on the front pitch, one on the back pitch. I'm sure you'll explain the, the reasons why that was. But it looked like you had it all covered off with briefings and uh, the sanitary breaks and everything else. Yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're indebted to have Dave Atkin um, in the club for many reasons, not least of which is he, he's a health and safety expert. And, um, and he briefed all of the captains very uh, concisely and very well uh, early in the week. So it was simple for me to pass it on to the players. Uh, everyone, uh, you know, despite despite the obvious jokes, took it took it seriously. The, the regulations aren't that onerous, really. Uh, it's a bit odd coming out off every six overs to to sanitise the ball in your hands, but you soon get used to it. And cricket is a socially distanced game by its nature, so in, in that respect, uh, captaining it is, is not is not so difficult. Um, and yes, and we had to have two games because we had so many people who were eager to get back out and um, back out on the field. I, I was more concerned once we got that quite surprising call the cricket was back on that we wouldn't be able to put out two teams on the Saturday. But um, uh, I'm happy to say that looks positive. Uh, I suppose we're helped by the fact that not many people are going on holiday this year. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited about the season. Brilliant. And um, the games themselves, I mean, almost the results are almost insignificant, aren't they? But we, we, we should dwell on them because there were some good individual performances uh, and a couple of good contests, really. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say they were completely insignificant, no. Jim. I mean, uh, El Clasico always comes with some significance. <laughs> and I, and I, I mean, I feel um, factually bound to point out the fact that the, the 411 <laughs> did, did win both games. Yes. Um, it took a long yeah, time so, to uh, mention that, though, Ian. I'm a bit surprised uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was working up to it, um, but no, you, you're quite right. The, the results didn't really matter. Um, uh, some some excellent performances. A, a new a new member, uh, Marius Mossman, who's uh, a member of the army. He's been posted here for four years, so he's joined the club. Really handy. Um, he he bats and he bowls 
and he's old enough to drive, which is incredibly important in um, in our level of cricket. Um, and then, and then of course, the youngsters. I mean, Freddie Ogilby uh, kept brilliantly, I thought, behind the stumps. I mean, the, the best compliment I could give him was that I actually didn't notice he was there behind brilliant. the stumps. Brilliant. Which is, yeah, you can't always say that about his father, to be fair. But um, <laughs> he he um, he kept very well. Um, I think Alex Cotton has come on brilliantly over over the summer. I mean, he's it's almost like he's grown into his height now, and he's taken a bit of pace off the ball and. In consequence, bowling very well. Same with Jake Wunky. I think he's he's improved his action. Um, uh, Sahil Barasia continues to go from strength to strength. Lovely lad, always willing to um uh, to, to play and contribute outside of uh, outside of the field as well. So um, I'm really very um, positive about this year. Nice, a nice blend, as it always should be, of, of youth and experience. Absolutely. Uh, and the scores themselves, do you recollect those? And uh, the most important question, of course, oh, how did the this go? Uh, well, the scores, uh, let's see. So in the first game, uh, the thirds put on about, I think it was 120, something like that. Um, Tom Evans bished it about. Um, he, he put he put the ball through uh, Joey Dez's window <laughs> of, of the loan car, which was, was quite remarkable. I've never actually seen it before. I've seen lots of cars get hit, but I've never seen them be completely yeah, the back windshield completely it? smashed. It, it was it was quite something, yeah. Um so um yeah so the third point about one twenty, Seamus scored a few, um all the youngsters got to have a bat. Um, I think they went a bit early, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um they went early and then slowed down. Um and then from from our side um Jamie Littler bowled very well straight back into the rhythm. Um it's nice to have Mark Chapman in the side. He he plays for our over forties normally and he's making a, a gradual return to Saturday cricket. First time since 2009, apparently. So good to have him back. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we knocked it off fairly, uh, fairly comfortably, really. Um, Marius uh, scored 30 and retired. Ian Boothroyd had a good knock. I got a few, I think having maybe 15. I didn't feel completely um, out of nick, having not picked a bat up since, um, since well, I guess the end of, end of the season last year. Um, uh, but like you say, the result didn't matter. Certainly not in it, uh, not in not in the first game. Um, and the second game, we, we won again. We were on the front pitch, which is a, a strange territory for us. We're not used to it at all. <laughs> it's um it's quite significantly larger than the than the back pitch. Um, but the thirds put on uh, not a not a huge amount, about eighty, and then we knocked it off in about fifteen overs. Um, uh, and again, uh, Jamie, Jamie Lillard bowled very well. Jack McGovern's uh, 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 back and looking live and fit and um, uh, bowled very, very well. And um, uh, yeah, and, and Foxy Metcalf um, uh, playing yet another season. Um, he looked in good nick as, as always. So, so all bodes well. Uh, selection Tuesday night uh, sounds like a big headache for everybody. It, it could well be. And, and I think... I mean, I, th- I think we have to follow the principles we always do with third and fourth team cricket, which is to um, is to make sure that our seniors, who typically only get to play once a week, get get a game. Um, those who you know contribute to the club, pay their subs, all that type of stuff, get make sure they get a game. And then with the juniors, is to rotate them if we need to, to make sure that they get at least some games of cricket, um, some games of adult cricket this year, because they, they tend to play a lot outside of the adult cricket. Also, so if we need to, we'll probably rotate the juniors and make sure our, our regular seniors uh, get a game week in, week out. Brilliant, brilliant. And do you know yet where you are on Saturday? We don't. Um, I, I think we're going to be at home. Uh, the league have had to change some of the fixtures around. 
Um, I'm not sure why. Presumably, it's something to do with pitches not being yeah. ready or teams not being ready across the league. So it, it could be Appleton at home, but equally it could be any one of the other 20 sides away. So I, I, I don't know. Our league has changed every year for the last five years. So I, generally, I don't know whether I'm coming, coming or going. Just, just, just turn up, try, try and have a good time, try and make some friends on the opposition and, and, uh, and, and try and win each game and see what happens. Brilliant. Well, well, look, Ian, it's really great to see you back there. Um, you've got, you know, I think we all recognise you've got the, the toughest gig in town, really, looking after that fourth team, and you, you do it so well. So good to see you. All the best for uh, this weekend. And um, can we get you in and have a, have a good old chat at some stage? I'd love to, Jim. Love to. Brilliant. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Ian. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. So lots of great cricket action over the weekend just gone. Uh, lots more to come, Lee, and a uh, an interesting format for the league. Yeah, uh, the league came out. Obviously, us pining for some knowledge finally uh, emerged um, late one evening last week, where they, they they put the fixtures out, and it's a it's a bit of a hybrid approach. I feel, Jim. It's um, basically allowing the the two teams that are playing on that particular day to make a decision on the format whether it be two 2020s or a 40 over game. Um, mm. I'm, I'm kind of, I'll be honest, my my opinion on it is kind of, it's neither here nor there. I really was hoping that we were going to maybe use a little bit more innovation. I, th- I thought there was massive scope to, to have some 50 over win-lose cricket this year, even with, you know, coloured kits or with the coloured ball or whatever. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting because... There's a lot of people who really like T20 cricket and there's a lot of people who it has a massive effect on their day when it is T20s. You know, uh, I know there's some certainly some senior bowlers out there who are going to look at that and go, well, I normally bowl 17, 15, 12 overs on a Saturday, get into a nice rhythm and all of a sudden it's kind of crash bash kind of stuff. There's going to be guys in the middle order that maybe don't get a hit. You know, our club's going to be pragmatic and, manoeuvre their order around to make sure as many people get the opportunity to play. Uh, and, and also as well, because it, it's based on agreements, our team's going to be really strategic going, do you know what, we're going to, against this particular team, we're going to play 2020 because they're not very really good at this or or vice versa. So, look, cricket's back. Uh, no one will dampen my spirit about that. Um, but, I, I, you know, it's a fixture list. That's the way I look at it at the moment. But... I mean, you'll be in the mix when it comes to to the decision making process. Will sides agree in the week? Do you think? Um, and if they do de- uh, decide which what format they're going to play, what happens if they change their mind on the on the Saturday and it goes to the default twenty overs? Well, the answer is not a clue. I think that what I would say is I do think the clubs have got to agree pr- prior to arriving at the ground because you know logistically, um, what kits they're meant to have, what balls they're meant to have. For the umpires sight beforehand, screens. they can prepare sight screens and also team selection. Play you know, cricket. But, well, you, you know far more about that. You know, being able to set things up and have things ready, I think is is really is really important. I, th- I do think when it comes down, it's more down for me. The big one selection. You've got certain people who, if you pick play two twenty twenties, if you have someone who works a Saturday, you may be able to play in the second game. So that, that that may work for them. Or it may be the fact that you've got T20 specialists, people who 
you know, are available just for T20 games. You know, I use your son as an example, Jim. You know, he's a almost a modern day franchise player uh, <laughs> at our club. He's, you know, every every T20, Ollie would walk into the first team. And I know it's hard with work and stuff, but if it was 40 overs with work, would he be able to play? It, it, you know, it's really going to open it up for people. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, the proof of the pudding will be in the eating, um, and that will start on the 25th of July. Uh, and uh, run us through the groups, Lee. Yeah, so we've got the in the, the Premier League, obviously I'm just talking about the first team here. There's a, a few changes as you go down the leagues, but uh, we've got Neston, Oxton, uh, Alton Park, Witness and Nantwich. So for us, I think we've got an extremely difficult group. Um, but what I would say is, that I, you know, we've got to take uh, every bit of uh, confidence from last season. We're also playing against sides that are more local to us, which is great. Um, and there should be some really good games there. Um, and you know, our intention is to try and go as deep in the tournament as we can and hopefully make it to a final. Yeah, and it's. I think it's. Uh, th- it's. Three teams you play twice, isn't it? And uh, two teams once. Yeah, look, look it, it, you know, whether that's fair or not fair, it do, it, this year you've kind of just got to go fair play to the league. We've got some fixtures out there and roll on with it. If it was the start of the season and you weren't playing someone at home but you played them away, there'd probably be a bit more rumblings. But ultimately, let's just get out there and play um, and, and, and see where we end up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and before that, of course, we've got a friendly next Saturday. Uh, before that, in fact, we've got a couple of T uh, Twenty friendlies, and then uh, next Saturday, it's uh, it's New Brighton, isn't it? Yeah, we've got uh, friendlies this week. Um, Tuesday night is Alvinley at home. Andy Benyon, uh, obviously old player of the club, uh, stalwart of Alvinley. He's bringing a, t- a, t- a team across. Well, I think Chris Charles is, but it's always easy to talk about Benners and his link with Chester. Um, on the Wednesday. Uh, the over 40s playing Harden, which is great. So the over 40s starting to come out the bar and actually play a bit of cricket, which is good. <laughs> uh, and then on Thursday, we're taking on uh, Chester County officers. Now, there's been a bit of design by this in the last week. You know, Alvin League, Chester County officers, and hopefully the following week some more. The local sides to us at Borton mm-hmm. Hall. Um, and it'll be a, a mixture of, a, you know, first, well, players from the first team squad and uh, it should be really interesting I and mean, it's great to see you know like over the weekend the first team used 16 17 players i think that'll probably get up to about 20 by the end of the week and it's great for those guys to you know play with some of the first team lads and for some of the first team lads to see what these players have got to offer yeah, absolutely uh, but beyond that as you say lee We've got a fixture list. We're back playing cricket. And do you think there was anybody salivating quite as much as you on Saturday morning? Uh, no, I was up at five o'clock. I was ready to go, Jim. <laughs> and uh, I did actually put on Twitter. Uh, obviously, it's, it's well documented that uh, I grew up at Upton. Uh, my, everyone's called Uncle because I was brought up there. But Uncle Nigel, Nigel Sharrick, uh, taught me how to pack uh, a cricket bag. And he was always immaculate before every game. And I, I, sent, I sent a message straight out to him saying that bag is packed, everything's ready to go. And what was quite interesting, Jim, and I spoke to someone about this today, is the fact is is that the excitement actually was coming from people in the 30s and 40s, that generation. It yeah. wasn't, um, you know, more the kind of the guys in the 20s. It was it was all these these older fellas who were just like absolutely couldn't wait. And and what was quite nice talking about the younger generation 
Arch, uh, Dan Riley told me about Archie. Archie was packed, ready to go <laughs> the day before, came down, <laughs> scored for his dad on the Saturday, and then come Sunday, he was ready to go to the ground hours before, which is, that's what it's all about. Absolutely, absolutely. A great note to end on, Lee. Thank you, as as ever. We have got um, a couple of folks lined up in the wings, haven't we? We're going to talk to Jason Whittaker. Uh, we've got Chairman Chris Fleet lined up as well. Uh, and, of course, lots of cricket. And if we're lucky, uh, Jim, hopefully, because I've forgotten, we've, we're playing New Brighton this Saturday in our friendly. We may be able to get our old friend Rolo on for a little bit as well. Oh, that would be interesting. Nice <laughs> okay mate thank you for that cheers mate catch thank you later you. cheers bye and that will just about do it for this edition of the full toss many thanks to Jack to Rick to Ian Thistlewood and of course to Lee Dixon as per ever thank you for some of the comments we got positive comments we got back from around the ground over the weekend as well and from slightly further field too you can say at least that cricket's back and the plan is to cover it for you through until the end of the season okay so, don't forget, we've got friendlies at Chester this week against Alvin Lee, against County Offices, and on Saturday against New Brighton. In the meantime, we'll see you next time, and stay safe. 